Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Caught in the middle. Perhaps that's about the best way to describe this experience that we refer to as Holy Week the week of events in the life of Jesus that move him up to that pivotal Easter experience. Now, in unity, we often say that we focus on the teachings of Jesus rather than the teachings about Jesus, right? Well, there's always an exception. And if there is an exception, it is this particular week of Holy Week in which the events in his final life, final week of life on this earth as recorded, are directly teachable and directly related to the lives each and every one of us lives. Because one of the ways in which we look at the life of Jesus in unity and in new thought is a template, ultimately the hero's journey template, but a template nonetheless for each and every one of our lives. And in the week of Holy Week and in those events, we see activities and experiences that we can relate to and connect to because I believe on all le- some level, we have all experienced everything that happens in the Holy Week experience. So let me explain. So the first day, this Palm Sunday, we've already talked about it, it was in our daily word in Palabra Diaria observes what we refer to as Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The people thought he would fulfill the role of the Messianic king who was predicted in the Hebrew scriptures and would throw off the Romans and their collaborators and the oppression and all of that. And so they were very excited as he was coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover as was the custom of the day. Recall that Jesus was a Jew, a practicing Jew his entire life without ever questioning that. And rather than riding into town on a big chariot with gold letters that say, Jesus, I'm here, (laughs) a donkey, very simple, very plain, very humble. And the scripture says in Mark, then they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road. This is, they didn't have many clothes and to put your clothes on the road for somebody to walk on was the highest form of esteem. And they took leafy branches that they had cut from the fields and those who went ahead were shouting, Hosanna, which means save us. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. They were so excited that this man riding on a donkey who taught unconditional love, who said the kingdom of God is right here and right now and love is open and available for everyone. They thought that was the would throw overthrow the Roman imperialist oppressors and their collaborators. And they were all excited. Now, haven't you ever had a start like that in your life? You've been a part of something really big, something really exciting. Maybe they were celebrating you. Maybe it's your 10th anniversary at a job. I don't know. (laughs) 
So if I get fired on Friday, I will be back Sunday. So that's part of the model that we see going on here. So we probably have all had had the time and the day when we're at the top of our game and everything's going fantastic and we're feeling like all that in a bag of chips or we're part of somebody's experience that is. And wow, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful feeling? Savor those times. You know, if there's a lesson for all of us, it's when the good stuff is happening, when the stars align, savor the moment. If there's a lesson here, it's just be present to what is and not be thinking about what's coming next week or what happened last week or last year. So many of us get caught in this hell of being focused on the future or focused on the past that we forget and don't see that today is the day of celebration. Hosanna. In this moment, in this moment, all grace, all good, all love is here. Now, in the traditional church, Holy Monday and Holy Tuesday and Holy Wednesday are minor observances, and they commemorate a variety of different things. But once the thrill of Palm Sunday begins to wear off, there's the awareness. And if you read the gospel stories, and I know you do, there's some rumblings, some intimations, some feelings that maybe something's not quite right. Perhaps you've had that experience as well, where it seemed like everything was going okay, but then you go to dinner or you're gathered with your friends and there's this wonderful experience and it becomes clear something is not right. So Passion Week recounts that Jesus was, had gone to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And in, to, in the Christian tradition, it, this, this Maundy Thursday, this event, and we will observe Maundy Thursday this Thursday here at the church, it commemorates what we call, to, call the Last Supper and the birth of the experience referred to as the Eucharist or communion. And it is known as Maundy Thursday from the Latin word mandatum, from the Latin version of the Bible, mandatum novum dovobis, a new commandment I give you. Because in the Gospel of John, Jesus is recounted as having said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. You also ought to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's easy to have love for the people who love you. Not so easy to have love for people who don't have love for you. And we're not talking about like hearts and unicorns and rose-colored glasses kind of love. We're talking about a love that is an intense and crucial decision that says, I will work diligently for the greater good of all, because I am willing to love all, not just the people in my circle. That's how you know you are a disciple, willing to work for the greater good, motivated by love. And we've had such wonderful examples, haven't we, in our, in our world and in our, so some of our lifetimes, uh, whether it's Dr. King or Mahatma Gandhi, or others who, like Malala Yousafzai, he said, you know, we are about love. And there are a lot of folks in the world who, who have an agenda based on greed or fear or power or all those things tied together for whom love is not primary. 
We must be above all that and not be willing to sacrifice or give up our truth. That's a lot of work when we see some of what we see in the world. Or when the doctor gives you test results you hadn't quite anticipated. How to stay in that love space. Or when the economy goes through weird gyrations. Or when civil unrest is fomented by elected officials. Or when, when an autocrat starts a war. I even said to Anthony this morning as I was leafing through the newspaper, I was, I was skimming headlines because I just couldn't read the articles any longer. I just had to put it down and remind myself, I am love incarnate as are all those people. It really, the, the question is, how willing are we to express that? How much work are we willing to give that? And sometimes you do need to take a little sabbatical but it doesn't change our calling as disciples to love one another. Jesus said, even those who persecute you. Good grief. There's nothing easy or wimpy about this teaching. But it is important. And it matters. Well, we go from this wonderful dinner that kind of like goes downhill. And it segues into what we referred to as Good Friday, which is a corruption of most likely the term God Friday. Uh, it is a day in which Jesus was arrested under false pretenses uh, when um, he was betrayed, when he was abandoned. Any of you ever felt betrayed, abandoned, left alone, all your friends scattered by yourself, lost and alone, crying in the dark night of the soul, wondering, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, maybe I'm the only one. I don't think so. Yeah. It's just a sad reality. And yet, I think all of us have probably been there at one point or another or someplace really close to it. But the truth is, that love, that connection with divinity as we understand God to be, never goes away the only thing that happens is our, our conscious awareness of it. It's kind of like gravity. It never goes away. But sometimes we're not thinking about it, but it's still there. Or like the laws of physics, we're not really thinking about them all the time, but they're still there. That's what this divine love is all about. And... You know, it, it gets so bad that there's this humiliation and this betrayal. And all those folks who on just Sunday were going, Hosanna, Hosanna, it's like, save us, yay. The story tells us that suddenly the crowd had turned. And I thought to myself, doesn't that happen today? Don't we elect somebody to office and think, oh, you're going to change everything in the first 100 days and everything's going to be better. And then it doesn't change in 100 days. And then it's like we're calling for blood. You, you, you. Wow. Seems like the people that of his time aren't too terribly different from our time. And I'm not making an accusation about any one of us in particular. But just highlighting a current, a recurrent theme 
And if you were in that position where Jesus was, how many times have you felt that way? It's like, gosh, why are they attacking me? What did I do? Anybody ever work in a toxic workplace? Okay, all right, I got a couple hands. All right, toxic workplace. Uh, or toxic family or toxic system somewhere. It's like, oh my goodness, we know that experience. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It feels that way. There's a, a transliterated line, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani, that is recounted in Matthew chapter 27. This is really the first line of the 22nd Psalm. You know we're dealing with literature when we see a direct quote. Most people hang out on the cross after a bad day probably would not start quoting scripture. But it's there to remind us as human beings, having a very human experience, even if we feel like everything is lost. Ultimately, it is not. But it takes some time to recount that. And that's what Holy Saturday is about. So technically, so Jesus was, the story tells us, entombed on a Friday. And then Saturday, it's just stillness and quiet. Holy Saturday for us can symbolize acceptance, coming to terms with, accepting the facts of what has happened and what is happen, happening. You see, ultimately, there can be no healing, no resurrection, no transformation of an experience unless the facts of the experience, the emotional weight of the experience are known and felt. And I don't know if you've ever been in that place, but my guess is that all of you, since you do have skin, probably have experienced at least one tragedy in your life. And usually as a result of that, there's two, two ways we can deal with that. One, busy ourselves with something or numb ourselves or just feel it and like sit in sackcloth and ashes and mourn and honor our feelings and just go within and get to that point of acceptance. This happened. This is happening. I can't deny it. I can't change it. I can't control it. It's just a moment in a time of acceptance. And you might have had an experience like that when you've had to encounter and just deal with the facts that have been presented to you about whatever. That's not our usual, like, positive, optimistic, unity sort of message. And yet, there can't be the transformative experience of Easter without it. It's like I tell people who come in to me and, and want to talk about something that's going on in their lives, and a real common refrain I sometimes get, because, and I know this because I've been there myself, is, is those times in our lives when it doesn't seem like really anything is happening. Life kind of feels stale. Life kind of feels stuck. And nothing seems to be moving or happening. Maybe you've had that experience or probably know somebody who has. And my stock answer to that is, think about winter and then think about spring. At least in the northern hemisphere where we live, this beautiful spring with all these flowers and kids and, and all this wonderful life and abundance can't happen 
unless there is a down period, a rest period. Now, I'm a sun person. Teresa and I both came from Florida, and Anthony and some of us came up from Florida. It's like, where's the sun? You know, like we're cringing all winter long. Sun, sun. I feel like a character from an Hernick Ibsen poem, poet, uh, play, Norwegian poet. They needed a lot of sun up there. And yet, there's nothing wrong with winter. Winter's beautiful. Winter is a real time of contemplation, introspection, and acceptance, and preparation. That's what Holy Saturday is. So much is made about Holy Week. And we, like I said, we'll be acknowledging these various events uh, this week here at the church on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if we can see this model of Jesus' life as a, an archetype, as a pattern for us, then we can see ourselves in each step of the story. We say in unity that Easter is a testament to the overcoming power of the Christ Spirit within all of us, and it is. But there needs to be something to overcome, right? That, overcome, that thing to overcome is sometimes discrimination, disease, injustice, violence, whether in your private world or the collective world. But Holy Week affirms and confirms that wherever we are, God is. And if it isn't well right now, it will be. But I can't tell you how that's going to be until next week. <laughs> and next week, you can join us at 6.30 in the morning or 11. But I invite you to think about the events of this holy week and see where you connect in with those experiences so that you can have something truly meaningful and beautiful this season. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.